Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Out of Hand, our weekly podcast about League of Legends Wild Rift. My name is TJ and I'm joined as always by Omo. Leonard, how are you doing? Doing not That's fine. No, could you rephrase all of that? It's very vague. <laughs> okay, yeah, let me, re- let me restart. What do you mean that's vague? Yeah, not doing so great here. Super swamped recently, but uh, it's going to be fine. Excited for our 11th episode. We're a minute in, Leonard, and you've already caused problems on purpose. <laughs> You're supposed to be on, our, on our, your best behavior. We've got a special interview today. You're making me look silly in front of the guests, Leonard. Yeah, but I can say that it's pre-recorded, so it's all good. Yeah, true. <laughs> We've now had a week since the 3.2a patch, and I think some... Some of those effects are very obvious to me. Uh, I'm seeing in the AD carry pool, the nerfs to Conqueror really add up. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing nobody want to play any of the supports anymore because they nerfed the last good one. I mean, nobody wants to play supports anyway. Well, the only thing people are doing is playing Luden's Echo Nami in lane now. So Disgusting. it's kind of the worst thing that I've ever experienced. Disgusting, yeah. I mean, I have a massive distaste for Enchanted Spammers, especially ones that end up building damage anyway. It's like, why are you playing Nami with Ludens when you could just play, like, brand support with Ludens? I, I don't really get it. Also, I hope um people start picking up Alistair soon. I think he looks strong now. I feel like yeah. maybe you just play that into Nami. Let her, let her shaft you for a bit, and then the five-minute dragon fight, you shaft her back. Sure. Um, yeah. I've been seeing uh, kind of Thrash is the go-to North American course, support, yeah. but I've been I've been playing AD Carry, so I haven't been fiddling with Alistair, but he's on my list of characters to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble in lane because I, you know me, I love playing like Varus, mm-hmm. and it's the Caitlyn meta right now, and Caitlyn's pretty good into Varus, um, especially when you have a useless not me support. So. <laughs> Well, I feel like Caitlyn with Anami would be really disgusting, though, so there is that. True. Just uh, not worth But for Varys, some maybe. reason, the useless Nami is always on my team, so there you go. Bad luck. Bad luck. Maybe it's time for you to play the Caitlyn, and if you get the useless Nami, you're happy about it. True. I'll be leaning into it. That's kind of... I guess that's the only measurable impact of Gnosis, though. Lethal Tempo is bringing Caitlyn up in meta. And basically everything else we theorized about on the episode where we broke down the point A notes seems to have come true. I'm seeing more Echo. He's, like, good now. Um, I'm getting hit by him and not liking it. That's about it. I still want to know whether Tank Echo is going to be a thing. I still want to know if the Icebun Godlet Echo is going to come back. I haven't actually seen anyone play it. I haven't actually heard anyone talking about it. So I feel like it's not going to be a thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sad. We should... We were talking about it. We should see if we can get um, Mark on here, Rafa. Because he was talking about playing Tank Echo middle of this week I talked to him. And he was like, yeah, I was playing some Tank Echo, but it wasn't very good. So I I would be interested to get the two of you in a room. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I need to actually play a couple games of it first. I need to spam it a little bit to see how it feels. Because, you Mm -hmm. know me, I go off feel more than like reading numbers because I don't understand that at all. So yeah. Well, well, we'll have to see. I'll update you guys former next week. pro coach. <laughs> There's a reason the farmer is there. Ah, self-deprecating, so I feel bad. <laughs> um, it is what it is. Icons, of course, is coming up, and we'll get super in-depth about it next week. But while we're uh, kind of leading towards it, I thought we should set up the conversation a little bit, and then we can... Okay circle back to it next week and get more in depth um i have two major frames that i want to put on icons i think okay i want to divide the tournament in half leonard okay i want to say number one can any team in mostly the wcs and the wck beat the wrl Mm -hmm. and number two second frame are there any minor regions, by which I mean everyone else, including the West, who can beat any of those Asian regions? Good questions. Those are very, very good questions. Um, right off the get-go, from my end, I do believe... Um, let me think about this one for a second. I do believe Team Flash and maybe KT 
will stand a chance to take games from WRL teams. They might beat the lower tier WRL teams, but at the end of the day, I do expect just WRL one or two to come out on top and win the whole thing. With that said, though, it's not impossible for Team Flash or KT to really try to make a dent in that. Sure. Um, and, and the other thing I wanted to flag is we haven't seen, like, all of this is very dependent on meta between those Asian sure, regions yeah. in particular. It's very dependent on whose play style is most rewarded. And that's what makes the yeah. Chinese team so scary is that they adapt very quickly. Yes. But we have a longer laning phase now, and that is quite a significant change for a pro game. The fact that dragons spawn like two whole minutes later yeah. is quite significant. And it is. some of the conversations I've been having, people have been saying that they think that really values some of the slower playing teams, you know, your mm -hmm. Buriram United, your uh, RY, your Rolsters. Well, I, I would think there's two sides to that coin though, right? Yeah, of course the slower teams are going to get rewarded a little bit, but having another, having more time in laning phase is also going to reward or rather, it's going to hurt Western teams, I think. I think it's going to reward Asian teams more. And I think it's going to reward WRL teams more. Because I feel like lading fundamentals, good lading mechanics, that's something which they've got on lock, really. Yeah, so... Kind of the, the lens through which we can maybe view that tournament. Those two big yeah. overarching questions. And we'll, we'll get super into it next week. I want to... Like, have an eSports super episode. We'll see if we can get somebody clever who can talk about eSports with us on. I'm here um, already, dude. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's, like, a very good way to set up the tournament. Because one of the things I'm always sure. thinking about with this podcast in particular is how do we make something like eSports interesting to people who aren't watching every game? Because it's unreasonable, right? Course, in in yeah. order to follow esports and to like follow our conversations, sometimes I know that we are like building in the assumption that these that people are watching at the very least some games of every region, like casters do, and that's just not a sane thing for the average player to do. So I'm looking for ways and kind of frames through which we can introduce people to the tournament and to the state of the scene. And I like those two big questions as, like, ways to lead in. Goals for both subsets of teams. Oh, you can just tell all our viewers to go watch some games. It's fun. It's exciting. And the games are long. So just go watch them. Wait True. for icons. Watch you some can, icon games. You can watch the finals of every region right now. And that'll, that'll, especially the Chinese and WCS finals were pretty good. So. Yeah. And the Wild Tour finals. The Wild Tour finals are nuts, dude. The WCS Max lower bracket series, was really down good. to the wire. I would highly suggest watching the uh, WCS lower bracket matches as well as some of the upper bracket matches. The finals itself wasn't great, so like um, I actually did recommend two specific matches for anyone potentially interested in the WCS. I think these were the two best matches we had in the entire WCSC playoffs. That would be the Burum United Team Flash upper bracket semis, mm -hmm. which went to five games which was the most games anyone took from Team Flash, as well as the Flash Wolves RRQ match in the lower bracket finals. And if you watch those two matches, you would know all four teams, the WCS is sending to icons. And they're great matches as well. I, I'm actually, and we're, we're straying dangerously close to just getting really into Oh yeah, sports, that's it. I'll, I'll cut it right there. There's, there's always this, no, 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 okay, well maybe. But that match actually is one of the reasons why I think Buriram United are, like, way better than everyone's talking about them as. They've got really good, they've got really clear strengths, but I think they also have very clear weaknesses, which is something which could hurt them when they play against the best teams in the world. But the best teams in the world play an awful lot like Team Flash. Sure, I yeah, think. I mean, but... At the same time, I, I don't want to give away any secrets here or give away what I think because I don't want to hurt this team because I feel like they're an amazing team and I want them to like have a good time uh, at Icons. But I do think they have very clear weaknesses and if you do your scouting, it's not impossible to just really shut this team down. Unless they picked up some new tricks ahead of Icons, which I hope they have. Every team with Icons will be trying to do it. Uh, and we yeah. actually, Leonard, we've teased it. We actually do have an interview with one of the players Ooh. at Icons. Uh, Exciting. Rest, 
who is the AD carry for Sentinels, North America's second seed, sat down with me earlier today. Uh, we, we recorded a short little chat. Uh, so I'll fit that in here, and then we'll come back and we'll do our power rankings. Amazing. Uh, I, I think I could be wrong, and maybe this file exists somewhere. But I think you can go back about four years and find a very similar audio file for an Arena of Valor show I used to do called Tower Dive, where you were one of our first guests. Do you remember that? A little bit. That was a long <laughs> time ago now. Yeah, man. That's crazy. You've known me since I was 17, if you count the early ESL tournaments we did for Arena of Valor. Do you think do you think I've gotten more or less insufferable during that time? <laughs> um I think you're about the same. You still have the same uh style of jokes that you like. <laughs> very very clever answer, Rust. I expect nothing less from you. <laughs> but of course, in that scene, that podcast we did with you because you had just won Valor Series Season One. You're a two time North American champion on the mobile esports stage. Uh, and one of the first, like, Vainglory counts, but they didn't have global competition in the same way. You were one <clears throat> of the first North Americans to represent the West on a mobile esports stage. Has that changed? What was that like to go to those first international competitions? Um, those competitions, it was always fun to go to. It kind of sucked because we could never bring our full team to them but it's also a really good learning experience because i remember whenever i went to those tournaments and then when i would come back and play ranked here i was just like man na is terrible at this game and then slowly <laughs> i started making those mistakes too because no one would punish me anymore and then you just get back into the same cycle but it's always fun to go over there and play because you get to level up your own gameplay a lot because you get punished more what what made you decide to come back because i know for a while in between Arena of Valor and Wild Rift, we had a couple of chats where you were like, I'm done. I'm, I'm stepping away from esports. Well, after season two in Arena of Valor, I went and to like a boot camp for software engineers. And mm -hmm. so I've been a software engineer for the last three years now, full time. And then I grew up playing League of Legends. So when Wild Rift came out, I was like, oh, I want to do this. And I actually had orgs reach out to me and one of them signed me before the game came out. So I was getting paid before it came out, um, which was pretty cool. But then my wife is just super supportive of it. So that helps me a lot as well. And I was like, let's go ahead and do it. Then you made it. You've qualified internationally to be the second seat out of North America for icons. Uh, that's, I believe you're flying out like in a week, less than that. Uh, yeah, I fly out on the 7th, so next week on Tuesday. It's different because we didn't dominate North America like we used to in uh, Arena of Valor. It's a lot more competitive in Wild Rift, at least in NA. Mm -hmm. um, I think the game is smaller in Asia, though, So than Arena of Valor was. So I think internationally we have a better chance. When we talked to Tribe about their scrim records, they said it was pretty good. I think the team just started to have some issues when they got to the playing time. So I think we have a better chance than what was shown at Horizon. Especially like with how much better NA's gotten this year. We've cleaned up a lot of our macro, and uh, I think we have really good mechanical players here. Yeah, I, I actually I said earlier on the show to Leonard that the way... I, I've been party, I've been like in the Discord servers for a lot of different North American pro scenes. And I think this one is the most collaborative and driven I've ever seen pros, period. End of sentence, no qualifiers. Would, would you agree with that? Why do you think that is? Yeah, most people get along. It's actually kind of surprising because I remember in Vainglory, a lot of people had beef with each other and like the teams didn't get along too well. And then in Arena of Valor, especially the teams, the top two teams didn't get along very well. So it's kind of funny that, like, behind the scenes, most of us are all friends and get along. Well, it's not even just that you're friends. It's that I see, like, strat sharing. There's, like, a very collectivist oh, yeah. attitude among the NA pros right now, where I see you I think, guys being like, this works, this doesn't. Yeah, I think getting closer to regionals, people 
stopped being as collaborative, but afterwards we just want North America to actually do well at an international event. So everyone's willing to help each other. And uh, I've even been like talking to Charm from Immortals on like getting some help. Mm-hmm. And then Max is coming with us to Worlds and he's been helping our laning phase a ton. And it's crazy how much we've improved in just a few weeks when we've been able to get more advice from other people. That's really cool. And, I, and I've just, I don't think I've seen that like mentality of North America needs to succeed more so than the individual teams before. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen it like this either. Um, I was talking to some of the European players and they were like, that sounds really nice. I wish that was going on. I wish we had a pug server that was relatively active. <laughs> that server is... The games are kind of different now. They used to be high quality. <laughs> I think they're not as good anymore. But yeah. I'm glad I drew some soft play about for you. <laughs> um, I want to go back to that like decision to come back to mobile esports when you decided to come back for Wild Rift. Uh, you said that you'd been playing League of Legends as a kid, but there is a difference, of course, between playing League of Legends and doing what you do, which is competing at League of Legends, right? Uh, when did you decide you were willing to play as a competitor? Why are you drawn to doing that even after having done that for Arena of Valor? Um, I grew up playing sports. and I played baseball for, I think, 12 years, 13 years. Hell yeah. I'm just very competitive, and I love competitions and trying to do my best and trying to win. So esports is a cool way to be able to compete again. Um, and just, I don't know, there's something different. Like when you're up on the stage playing against other people and you can hear the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's just a really, really cool experience. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Did you have a crowd when you went to the last AIC that you guys went to? Oh, we did have a crowd at AIC and Vietnam. In Thailand, yeah. we didn't. So in Vietnam, it was, it was actually really, really fun. We beat some team at mm-hmm. AIC, and then I remember like the crowd. I think it was around like one to two thousand people. I don't remember, but then like them chanting all our team name like after the uh, game was a pretty. I don't know. I want to relive that experience. It sucks that uh, icons won't have a live crowd. But you did have one for WNS finals. We had the ball in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that was your first live event as a AD carry. That was yeah. the first time you played <laughs> on the stage in that new role. What's that like? Is that that must be terrifying, right? To have those different responsibilities. Yeah, so I started playing AD carry in this game because and AOV, you remember Rocker? Mm-hmm. And he was always super, super progressive, and it was really fun for me to play as a support with him. And I came to this game, and I was like, man, all the good ADCs can be so passive. And then I was like, I don't like playing this way. So I started playing ADC, and then I've learned that actually playing ADC aggressive in this game is kind of hinting. And that you have to play more passive and let your team do more, because you can't just one-shot everyone like you could in Arena of Valor. So there's definitely been a learning curve and then as well as trying to remember that I don't need to be the one to engage and trying to fix some more of my mistakes. But it was it was fun to go out there and be able to play um, AD carry and get second in the tournament. And I think I did pretty well. I, I don't think I did too good on day two. I think I struggled a lot. Um, but I think day three of the tournament, I was able to bounce back really well and even carry some games. Yeah, I think the the final game you guys played, uh, there were a couple of games against Tribe, and then the final game you guys played against IMT, you had like one, I think it was a Corky play, where I was like, that's a really sick Corky play for rest, and I don't know <laughs> if I said it on air, but on the inside, I was like, I'm very proud. Thanks. Yeah, it felt really good to be getting my some of my champs banned in the first three. Like Everyone <laughs> told me that they were scared of my locks afterwards, which was pretty cool. And then my Ash gets banned pretty pretty frequently as well. The Lux getting banned is a good kind of bridge here because the way that the Dragon Lane carry role has worked has been kind of defined by 
those mage characters, a lot of characters that kind of overlap a little bit with the support role. I've been picking up the role, actually. You inspired me to start playing some AD <laughs> carry. Um, and I've noticed with the latest patch and the Kraken Slayer Lethal Tempo, there's a little bit more aggression and kind of game control that has been unlocked for AD carry champions specifically. Do you, does, mm -hmm. Is that changing what you were talking about, where the most efficient way is to play passive and be Ziggs or Varus four million miles behind the rest of the team? I don't feel like that's as powerful anymore. I still think it's pretty good, and from what I've heard, that's still what the Asian teams are running in their scrims, is the APCs or the safer ADCs. Mm -hmm. I still think, like, you could always run Lucian, you could always run a more aggressive ADC like Kai said too. Like, I think those people are still strong, and if you play them well, it's fine. Um, but I think from what I've seen in VODs of other regions, when people pick Lucian or even in our scrims, is like it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like Lucian, people tend to end a lot with them. Yeah. You like kind of get ahead from the laning phase, and then you're feeling yourself, and then just one wrong dash, and then you like can throw the whole game for your team. So, <laughs> so you're you're staying away from the Jackie Love impression for now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I do think ADCs are stronger, and that we'll see them for sure at Icons this year. Um, but I still think that playing APCs and more utility-styled um, bot laners will be really, really strong. Let's touch briefly on icons. Uh, you guys are the North American hope in the play-in stage. Uh, you've got a pretty stacked group. Uh, there are no good groups except for the ones EU gets drafted into. What do you kind of think of the international competition? Because there's, there's like multiple stages. I have two big questions coming into icons. Question one is, can anyone beat WRL China? Question two is, who is the best Western region and can they take games off of the Asian team? So for our group, we didn't get China in it. So I think we have the best group. Um... I don't know if people can really compete with China. Like their ecosystem is so much bigger than anyone else's already. Like I was watching one of their games live. I think it was the fourth place decider match and it was getting 16 million live views. Yeah. And then like you go over to Asia and like Thailand, for example, they have like 3000 views on their YouTube from the pro in English. So like, it's definitely not the, the same scale over there. And I think just like everything that they're able to give to their Chinese teams, because it's gotten so big there, it'll be definitely hard to compete with them, especially when they're already considered like the best mobile region, even in the best mobile or like uh, yeah mobile region now for the past few years on PC. Um, and the best region in the West, uh, I just think it's NA. Like I watched some of the other regions play their games live um, for their championships. And I think... NA has better mechanical players, and I think we fixed our macro a ton. I still think like we make some mistakes, but like the scrims that we've been playing lately, they've been getting like our macro is just getting better and better and better, and people are making less mistakes. So I think NA definitely can be the best region in the West. So I I actually agree with you. Um, I've gone on the record, so you better you better not <laughs> mess me up. But I have a little bit of a kind of dark horse that I've been flagging, which is I think Brazil, the wild tour, is actually quietly a real contender. I would put them over Europe. How do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I watched Europe's finals and then I watched uh, Brazil's finals. And I think Brazil's a little bit better than Europe. Right, so. So, I just want I to... Think Sorry? Latam, uh, Latin America, I think they're probably the weakest out of the four mm -hmm. in the West. Just want to make sure that European listeners get flamed a little bit somewhere on our recording. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry. They'll come at me later on Twitter. <laughs> now they, there's a rule with this show, and I don't know how the physics of it work, but no matter who says it, I'm the one that gets flamed for it on Twitter. So yeah, you're saying no, your podcast. Is, yeah, you can say whatever you want, and I will get the shit for it. And that's just how the physics of this work. So with that safe zone, 
Thank you very much for joining us. We do a thing on this show where we, at the end of the uh, recording, report one thing and thumbs up one thing, like it's the end of a Wild Rift game. Um, mm. As you've kind of done this little segment, I would love to get your report and thumbs up going into icons for the entire Wild Rift scene. It can be anything. It could be something in your personal life. It could be a person. Who are you reporting and thumbs up? Um, and he is making it out of groups. That's the thumbs up? What's the report? Yeah. The report? Mm-hmm. So the report can't be like a prediction? I mean, it, if it's a toxic prediction, I guess you could that could go under report. <laughs> um... Let me check something really fast. <laughs> What's the other European team? Rex, GG. Mm -hmm. I bet the two European teams that are in plans don't make it out. Wow. All right. Those are some tweets for me to look forward to. Thank you very much uh, for hanging out with me, Rest. Uh, I'm obviously rooting for you at Icons. Uh, AOV gang all the way. Yeah, let's do it. Now you've seen the YouTube thumbnails, the Twitter threads, people have some terrible opinions about Wild Rift. That's why we do a segment on our show each week to balance things out, to provide our audience with some 100% solid, good, and correct opinions about the game, and we call it the Power Rankings. Alright, you guys are done. Sorry, Thomas made me say it. Thank you. Now I will cut everything out, and it will start with, you guys are dumb. Clip that. Yeah, that's all you really need to know about me. I'll just come in, say you guys are dumb, mic drop, leave. I'm thinking of your, like, esports caster promo reel. You guys are dumb. Should be my catchphrase. Yeah, and then there's like a slow-mo shot coming up from your feet, like a low-angle shot, and you're standing there folding your arms with like an LED screen behind you. Esports pose, nice. Yeah. This week we decided to rank the best AD carry champions. Now, Leonard... Why don't you tell me your top two, and I'll give you a fun fact about my list. Yeah, so I was actually just telling you just now, Thomas, that my top two has not changed for close to a year now, I think. I feel like number one is by far still going to be Zix, and that's not going to change, even despite the nerfs. And number two is Varus, and that has not changed either. I feel like this, this has been my clear set top two for close to a year now. Here is my fun fact. One of those champions is on my list. They are in the number five slot. Crazy. Uh, which one of those champions do you think is on my list? Which one of those champions do you think is not on my top I five? I think Varus is your number five, and I think Zix is not on your list, which I think is you, just crazy. You know me so well. I know you too well. But that's wild. I don't know why Ziggs is not on your list, but I know that Varus would be the one on your list because you were literally just telling me that you play Varus. For sure, but I play a lot of things. I play Ramus support. Do you play Ziggs? Mm, sometimes. I played him a lot. I used to play him a lot, um, especially in mid. Um, like, if you watch the way someone like Archony plays Ziggs, I think that's yeah. a really good use of the character in the mid lane. I just don't think Zig should be played mid at all, but yeah. Well, I don't think he should be played AD carry at all, because... You think he should be played mid? Yes, and I'll, I'll explain why. Because I think AD carries need to take more ownership of the map in the current meta, and mid laners need to be safe and supportive. Um, and there are a couple different reasons for that. I think the timings on the dragon timers uh, mean a lot. I think the amount of gank pressure coming out of the jungle uh, and how many of our junglers are actually quite passive right now. Scaling farming junglers is a lot of that right now. And I also think the items and rune changes mean that we have AD carries who can hard carry, who can take over games, and something like Ziggs and Varus who don't do that, who do farm damage stats from the backline, but don't win fights unless you have follow-up, unless you have a coordinated team around them. Uh, and unless you last until the late game, uh, are, are weaker than several alternatives. Okay. Fair enough. I get where you're coming from, and I think this is a this is a divergence in our in our approach as well. I'm thinking in terms of the pro scene, which is the strongest 
it's always going to be Ziggs and Varus. I think Varus is still strong in solo queue, but you're right that he does lose power and Ziggs loses a lot more power. Oh no, I'm talking about Prosy. You're talking about Prosy? They are I'm number one forecasting for sure. the icons, better is what I'm doing. I've got a crystal ball, Leonard. Ziggs is, Ziggs is the king. Ziggs will still be played. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do an, um, enough damage anymore. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to do damage. All he needs to do is sit there, throw out bombs, clear waves, control choke points. That's but it. You've That's got other job. characters so that well. do it better now. And I'll start the list. I'll tell you which character does it better than him the most. And this isn't Go a on. character that's super dominant in solo queue. But it is a character that should be on every pro team if they can get it. It's Ash. I mean, Ash is just Varus, right? Ash and Varus are literally the same champion. But Ash well, is a weaker laning phase marginally. Ash is a mar marginally weaker laning phase, marginally less safe. I would say slightly lower damage on average because she can't. Uh, she's not as safe. Varus can always be outputting pretty significant damage, uh, just like from two screens away. Ash kind of needs to position very well or have a teammate that understands who, how to enable her. But a very good Ash is going to do more damage than a very good Varus uh, if the team is fully contributing around her. And even if the team is not playing for Ash, Ash offers something that no other AD carry on my list does. And that is guaranteed engage. Cross map. Varus. Anywhere on the map. Varus shouldn't Varus. be close enough to land ultimate offensively. Varus off flash. Flash R. No, if you do that, he par he instantly dies. Ash can well, land just an arrow and, and win a away. fight from the other side of the map. Yeah, but how often does that land, though? That's like, you can that's like steer flipping it a coin. Really, really often in Wild Drift. Because compared because to League of Legends the PC, sure. the map is much smaller. And compared to League of Legends PC, uh, you can steer the arrow. And with the ward meta as it is, I thought it would make Ash's vision tools less important. Oh yeah, that's true. But actually, I mean, that's it makes the best them part more of Ash, important. Right? Yeah, but if you think about what Varus and, and Ziggs offer that Ash doesn't, is they have on-demand one-shot wave clear. Ash cannot do that. And that's a big point where she lacks... Not, not in the early the game, two. but she gets there. Not in the late game either. If you if you she build her crit, a single volley kind of melts the wave. No, no way, no. I'm way. building Runan's hurricane as my final item. Okay, sure. If you have Runan's and and uh and volley, then maybe. But still, it's like a bit of an ask. Like by but the time you're you're setting up for dragon fights, you would not be able to clear waves. Sure, but also she isn't needed to be the main damage source, right? This is why Ash is at the top of my list. Because you can either play her as the main damage source who, yes, needs to clear the waves and, yes, needs to be positioned well in the team fight to get a ton of damage. And if you have drafted a really good tanky frontline, Ash is very good with that. Uh, she does need, like, some help in order to get to a safe zone and be able to output damage like that. But really powerful if you can do that. But the other thing Ash does, and the reason why I think she's going to be super prevalent in pro play, is if you have a draft that is all brawlers, that actually isn't a ton of people who can sustain a team fight, you've got a ton of front-loaded burst damage, for instance, like something like Team Flash like to run, Ash mm -hmm. can be the most important AD carry for that. Because what yeah. is a composition that's running stuff like Riven, Aurelia, really want more than anything else? They want burst damage synced up. And Ash has the most burst damage of any of these AD carries. She can land the big arrow, and if everyone is on the same page executing behind it, the team fight is over. Well, that's that's true, but I do feel the same way about Varus as well. I think these two champions have a lot of parallels, a lot of similar strengths, and I feel like they just trade off on 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 yeah, like Varus has more poke, but Ash gives you vision. Varus has a more lane control, but Ash gives you like a global arrow. Like, they trade off on their strengths, but at the end of the day, I feel like they're very similar champions. Well, I do agree, though, that when you get to mid to late game, because of itemization and how these champs build and whatever, Ash will end up doing more DPS than Varus and maybe Ziggs as well. But I think it also depends on which teams we're talking about because teams with weaker dragon laners will tend to be playing champions like Ziggs and Varus more and they have a much lower uh, skill flaw. They have a much lower chance to fuck up and make mistakes around. I think like the, the best parallel you can draw is if you look at a team like 
Rosta Y. They're likely going to be drafting Lucian, Caitlyn, champions like that. Whereas you look at a team like Buriram United, they're going to be playing Varus. They're going to be playing Ziggs. It's just the nature of your team and the dynamics there as well. Because I, I still think that Ziggs and Varus are number one champs, but I can agree that a lot of teams, maybe not a lot of teams, but some teams will just not draft them because they want their Dragon Laners to carry. Here's my one of those. I think teams are going to play Lucian, and I don't think he's that good. Um, I think he's correct if you're correct. Uh, he, he's one of those champs. There's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of rooms to fuck up. He's good if you can guarantee you're going to get a lead. But so is every champ. You should. Right? You should get a lead. <laughs> mm, I, I think that with the five-minute laning phase, it is possible that Lucian is more powerful than I'm thinking. But I also think it's really easy to draft something like Varus uh, and just not lose lane against uh, uh, Lucian. That is true, but Lucian should still get you a lot of space on a map if that's the case. And I think because yeah. like you have to fight for dragons in five minutes anyway, then Lucian and Varus are like the two strongest dragon laners at that point. Um, let's run through the rest of our lists really quick. Yeah. And yeah, then we can build our combined list. Does that sound fun? Okay, that sounds good. Uh, I'll go first, because I know it will elicit sounds of despair from you. You ready? Go ahead. Starting at number one, Ash, Jinx, Ezreal, Caitlyn, Varus. Yeah, there should not be a Jinx in that list. I watched Arcane, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Jinx, Chief. Well, my reasoning for it... Because with all of these, I'm thinking compositionally, right? Sure. And right now, Jinx is the best character if you want to build around your AD carry. Um, Caitlyn! Caitlyn! Lucian! I, so again, I, I don't rate Lucian very highly, because I think he falls off super hard very quickly. And I think most pro games, I, I haven't checked the average game times on this patch at high ELO, but most game times uh, during finals, for almost every region, we're going post-20 minutes. So, l having Lucian means that you're going to be at a disadvantage in the final team fight of the game. And that, to me, is, like, disastrous. I think well, yes, but having Lucian should also make sure you have more dragons, more gold, more everything going into the final team fight of the game. That's the trade-off. Lucian might be weaker than, like, a Caitlyn, like a Jinx in the last team fight, but he should have given you more up till that point. If not, you suck, your team sucks, don't play Lucian. Well, maybe all the teams suck, but I, I, I just don't like Lucian. Yeah, because WRL I don't... teams are there, TJ. Sorry? WRL teams are going to show you a very cracked Lucian, I think. Sure, yes. I would. You know what? If a WRL team drafted Lucian, I would believe. So... Oh, no. Also, something else to keep in mind is that Lucian and Ziggs gives you something else which none of the other champions on this list do. They're flex picks. True. Well, I have some thoughts about Ash that you're not ready for. Um, okay, true. We have seen Ash mid as well. That's that's something, but I don't think it's as good compared to Lucian mid or Lucian top even or Ziggs mid. Well, I think Ziggs mid is shit, but it's still a flex pick. Uh, yeah, I have some thoughts about Ash that you're not ready for. Um, but he, you can play her top lane because the arrow can go anywhere on the map. She is going to get dived on like constantly. Yeah, but that's okay because you don't need the Ash to win lane. Ash just needs to land arrow. You, yeah, she doesn't need to win lane, but she doesn't. She can't like get completely doubled in lane, and then like a Camille is gonna show up ten zero to a team fight and just like kick you one time in the face, and it's all over. I saw one of the WRL pro or one of the WOL pros, uh, Latam, do it. Sorry, on, I don't. I don't look at bad regions on their stream. Well, it is a bad region, a hundred percent. WL not a really super strong region, but he was playing on the NA server, which is a mediocre region. Right Sorry, now. I don't look at the bad regions. The mediocre region right now, and it looked really good. It was it was really impressive. So it's one thing to play it in solo queue against uncoordinated players. Like if you look 100%. at there's an equivalence I can draw in, in League PC as well. Like if you look at the shy streams, he literally plays Ash top and like Victor top and like Lucian top like every game but yeah. will he ever play it in a pro game no because the moment you play it in a pro game people are gonna stack the wave they're gonna three man you top lane and you're just gonna go zero and ten I against coordinates of players like Lucian I said, though can play top I don't like this is not me saying Ash top is viable this is me yes. saying I think there is a chance that you can play Ash top I think there is there is flexibility 
And the reason I, I would give is it is harder to punish people in laning phase in Wild Rift. There is far less laning phase in Wild Rift. Um, so. Well, we've got another minute now. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why that's why Ash is at the top of the list, super flexible. I do agree with you that there are flex picks there. Um, I think that in terms of, like, the Jinx is on my list for the same reason that Vayne is on your list, uh, which is just if you have an all-star AD carry and you want them to do the maximum amount of damage, I think Jinx is a better pick for it than Vayne. I think Vayne gives you something which none of the other champions gives you on this list, or like no other Wild Rift Dragon laner gives you, which is the ability to kill tanks. That's what the I know you have, Jinx I know do your really thoughts well. about this. And also Ezreal. To kill tanks? Ezreal? Yeah. You just Ezreal pick a, Mystic like a tank shots and just can't be countered and... by uh, the, the um, winter, what's it called? The male? The thing that caps um, auto attacks. They can't be countered by that. Uh, Warden's Mail. Warden's Mail. Um, so he melts. Yes, once once his Muramana comes online, he melts tanks. You do need to land those skill shots repeatedly, but that's easy because they're in the front line. Yeah, but Ezra wants to snipe backlines and a, a, a tanky tank. Okay, what I will say though about Wild Rift is there's no true tank. I feel like there's genuinely no true tank in Wild Rift, except maybe like Alistair with his ultimate on. Like Garrett. no one is really tanky, which is fair. But when you when you draft like beefy boy comps, I think Vayne is just having like really happy with that. True, I I think Vayne the need for Vayne is supplanted by other options here, uh, and the Jinx is the Jinx is wild. Like I will fully admit that putting Jinx at number two here is like me Thomas. I don't a think swing. any I don't think we'll see any good region draft Jinx. And when I say good regions, I mean WRL, WCK, WCS. Yeah. I don't think we'll it's, see a single Jinx game from any of them. You know what you're doing, if, Leonard? You're basing your list on past results. And what I'm doing is on forecasting. And it is no, possible I, I just don't that think I the totally misread it. I'm comfortable being wrong, but I'm going to take the swing. I'm going to forecast the weather a week in advance. No, but you see, and that's current trend there. If you, if you want to forecast, right? Caitlyn is a very good forecast. I think we're going to see a decent amount of Caitlyn. Yeah. But Jinx, I think, just offers you nothing that you can't get from other champs. I think her AoE damage is really good uh, when she's in rocket sure. mode. And the way Wild Rift teamfights are skewing, where we're seeing more and more brawlers and synced up dives, especially in the um, WRL meta, that is very valuable if you can keep Jinx alive in the backline. That's part of what makes Varus so scary into those compositions. Her laning phase just feels so weak, though. And yes. she's not a champion lane. Which is why my caveat and why my prediction for her to see some play hinges entirely upon teams shifting towards playing to their dragon line and teams saying, okay, this game is all about our dragon line. And if your entire game plan is for your Jinx to be your carry, then I think Jinx works. But you see, right, if you want to just play around your dragon lane, if you want your dragon lane to carry, why not just play like Caitlyn and Lucian? Well, I think Lucian's bad, but I yeah. think Caitlyn is very good. That's why she's on my list. Um, I think that's but, fair. But I also think that Caitlyn is single target, and Jinx, what puts her over the edge is her ability specifically to kite at very high speed, and her ability to uh, dump damage into groups of enemies. I mean, that's true. Like, in a dream team fight scenario, Jinx is going to do the most damage out of any Dragon Lane. Yeah. Right, I just don't think that Jinx ever gets there. Which is which is part of the forecast is me, like the part of the, part of the guess is, I think teams are going to get a lot better at engineering AD carry centric team fights because we straight up have never had an AD carry centric Wild Rift pro meta. I hate AD carry metas. It's the most boring. Shit. You literally get like three tanks of Lulu, and then your AD carry just stands there, and it's so boring. And I hope we never see that. Day. In but if we're going in that direction and teams decide that they're going to draft AD carries and build around AD carries, I think Jinx deserves a place on this list. If they do, yes. I just hope that never happens and I don't think we'll see it. I think maybe we see some form of it with like, oh, Caitlyn Lulu, things like that. Caitlyn Nami, Lucian Nami, Lucian Lulu, that kind of thing. But I don't think we'll see a true AD carry meta. I think, oh, yeah. I think solo laners and junglers are too important to like just be for your marksman uh unless you're playing on a team where your only good player is a dragon lane which 
I'm, gonna, I'm not sure. I'm gonna, we'll see. I'm gonna have to go through this conversation with the bleep button. Yes. Fine-toothed yes. comb for Leonard here. <laughs> you know, you know, if we are, if we swear on podcasts, I have to mark it as explicit, and that deprioritizes our podcast on some platforms. Is that a thing? Platforms. Yeah. All right, just beat me. Just beat me. <laughs> let's go. Let's go through the list. Let's let's make some progress here. I think the most interesting disagreement we have is Ash. Will you let me put Ash on this list? Because I her is my Ash number one. She this. is not on your list. I would let you put Ash in, but I'm not sure what I would take out. Maybe Vane. Maybe I'll take out Vane. Okay, so like just to round off my list, Lucian is my number three behind Ziggs and Varys. I have Senna at number four. I think she has to be in there because she is the only uh, dragon laner that lets you do something unique. And then I have Vane in there. So I would let you take out Vane and put in Ash, but I would... You have to choose between Ash and Caitlyn, I think. You, you were the one just saying that Caitlyn was powerful in matter. Well, yeah, but do you want to put in Ash or Caitlyn? I, I'm happy with both I, because I, I think, think both I don't think strong. Lucian deserves to be here. I think oh, I, I, think I, think I want you to choose between Lucian and Senna. Uh, it has to be Senna because she's unique, but I think that Lucian is 100% going to be higher prior than Ash and uh, Caitlyn. Maybe yeah, not Caitlyn. not a good character. This, this is me doing the office. This is me being a... You know what? I'm gonna self. I'm gonna self-center. This is me saying I'm right and the pros are wrong. But I do know that you're right, and Lucian will be played at icons, so we should have him on this list so that we don't look like idiots. I could. Hmm. I think right. Ziggs and Varus. I can't budge on. I think Senna is just too. I unique. want Varus to be on the list. I'm with you. Yeah, I think I think Ziggs, Varus, Senna have to be on the list. It's just who joins them there. Is that Lucian, Caitlyn, or Ash? Or like which two I of the three? Ash, Ezreal. I cannot accommodate an Ezreal on this list. When I look at this list, and when I think about a five-minute laning phase, I cannot see one champion that Ezreal can survive a lane against. Maybe well, all of them. I would play Ezreal All of six. them if he That's has a good support. Ezreal Alistair is going to get shafted. They will play Caitlyn Nami into Ezreal Alistair, and you will just like not have a lane. 100%. Alistair self-heal is undervalued. He'll have a great time. Oof, I, th I, I think, think a... into Ziggs, you run Ezreal, you win that game literally every yes, time. that one I can agree with. I think the only only other champion on this list that you would play Ezreal into, I think, is Ziggs. Uh, into Varus is a pretty good matchup because you can arcane shift out of all of his arrows, so he has no significant damage your against you during the early on game. A, your arcane shift is on, like, a, what, like a 16, 17-second cooldown. His arrows are yeah, like it's less half than that, that, especially once you build boots. Sure, but once you get there, right? And like you literally can't like arcane shift every arrow would because you, he's just you stand me, there, hold the channel. Would and you then, like, let you me put Nezreal in here at number five? I but I don't know what I'm gonna take out. That's the thing. I feel like every other champion here has so much more value than Ezreal. <sighs> All right. Well, let's let's start where we do agree. Uh, you said you were gonna let me put Ash. Can we put Ash at number three? Oh, I would put Ash at like a 4-5. I, I think know, she's that's like why I'm Varys. asking for number 3, because I put her at number 1, so I feel like we have to meet in the middle there. Okay, we can do that. But what's going to be... Okay. Let's, let's decide what's number 1 first, though. Who's the king? I, th I think that's a non-sequitur. I think we continue where we agree. We agree on Varus. Where do we put okay. Varus here? 2 or 1. Yeah, mm. He has to be higher say... than Ash. I was going to say, I think, two, but then I realized he's the only character we agree on. So maybe a one. I'll just, maybe yeah, maybe a, a one, one just to, for the compromise. Okay, all right. Varus, so number one, number Ash, number three is what we have so far. Cool. Ziggs um, is number two, then. <sighs> you gotta let me put Ezreal on. Ziggs number two. Okay, I would compromise and put Ziggs lower just to not have Ezreal on this list. <laughs> what goes in number two, then? Senna. No, she doesn't do any damage. Yeah, but she She's lets you good. have She's good, I like Senna, damage. but she doesn't do any damage compared to every other character on this list. I think then that depends on the criteria. What is exactly the question we're asking? What's the semantics here? I, which of these characters is the most effective in pro gameplay? Senna. Senna. You can draw. She doesn't do any damage. You can't, you can't win a team fight with, with Senna. You need 
other characters to be your carries. Exactly. But which one lets you win the games? Which one lets you draft unique things? Which one lets you, uh, you know, have a different approach to the game? You think Senanasis is pro play? Senanasis, Senagragas, Senagalio. I'm pretty sure Senagalio was like 100% permaband in like WCS playoffs top four. Like you yeah, were not I, allowed to have Senna think, and Galio in the I same think, game. I think that's because of the Galio, and Galio not, got nerfed pretty savagely. No, no, it's like if if you take a Senna, the other team would never let you get Galio. They were like bank Galio away or whatever. They would only allow Gragas or Nasus. And for what I've heard from scrims, Senna Nasus gives you the most power, like raw power, out of any other bottling combo. Once you get the dragon, but to team r- fights. to run back your complaints about Ezreal, who on this list does Senna Nasus win lane into? In a five-minute laning phase. Senna Gregor, Senna Nasus actually have decent timings in lane because they are like double poke, basically. Like, Gregor's and Galio kind of function... Okay, well, I guess Galio has been nerfed, right? But Gregor's kind of functions like a range champ, and to some extent, kind uh, uh, Nasus kind of does too. But you're, you're not going to... You're not going to outlane Ash or Varus with those. No, 100%. Points. You will lose lane to Ash or Varus, yeah. But you won't lose that brutally. So, I... A pro Asher Varus, I feel like it's raw. A pro Asher Varus is gonna dumpster uh, uh, Ezreal even worse, though. Like, whatever argument you make about Santa for this, Ezreal's gonna have it worse, 100%. Well, At yeah, least... but I didn't, I didn't say we should put Ezreal above Asher. Ooh, on the I list. just remembered that Ez- Karma is in the game now. I kind of forgot about that. There is the Ezreal Karma argument that you can make. Yeah, the Ezreal Karma is very good. Ezreal's very good with all of these enchanters who are seeing play on solo queue because they're very good. All really these enchanters karma, are very powerful, and Ezreal's very good with all of them. I think just karma. I think Ezreal's bad with like every other enchanter. Mm, works pretty well with Nami. Um, cause yeah, decently with Nami. He's terrible with Lulu, though. Ezreal Yumi? I guess yeah, that's that. Ezreal Yumi. I don't want to see anyone play Lulu. Very very good with Yumi, actually. Yeah, Ezreal Ezra Yumi would probably be the one, then. Um, yeah, no, Ezreal is very good with all of the enchanters. Um, very good at surviving laning phase. Like, no, the yeah. weakness in laning phase isn't survival. The weakness in laning phase is wave clear. Um, it's getting poked out under your turret. You're probably not going to die, right? But then you're going to be, like, 10 HP for, like, the whole game, and then you're going to be under your turret just yeah. like, please sell me, I have a crumb of farm. But that, kind that, of, that right situation. there is, again, I am looking at this as, in my head, we're playing an AD carrying meta if you're drafting Ezreal. Right. If you're drafting Ezreal, you're playing an AD carry meta. But you see, and that's that's where our definition of AD carry meta differs, right? When you say AD carry meta, you mean you need to save your AD carry and get him out of lane. When I think of AD carry meta, I'm thinking about you play around your AD carry and you let them bully the lane, you let them control the lane. Versus you well, babysit them and hope they don't blow up, they don't explode. I think that, I think that if, you're, if you're an Ezreal and you need a moment to get through the early game... And the other, the enemy laner is pushing up against your turret, and your jungler doesn't gank them. What are we doing? Well, then, if your jungler ganks them, their jungler is definitely waiting the wings as well. Like, protein should have Ezreal that. Ezreal doesn't lack damage during the early game. But in this he can go toe to toe in those early game out. fights with Scorch equipped. He'll he can do damage in the fights. His problem is just wave clear. Yeah, but like. Ezreal should be chunked out under his turret because you should be having lane control against him. And if you don't, then you're doing it wrong. We're off topic again. I, okay, I will yeah, let you but... put Sen on this list. I do think she's good, but I don't think she's higher than that. Sure, I could, I could see that. I can, I, I can agree to that. I can put Senna in like 4-5. I'll be happy with that. Okay. Like, I don't even I like Senna. You... I just think she's unique. I, I will let you put Ziggs in 2 if you want. At four five, I'm ha- I don't I am happy with that. I don't really care. That's fine. Oh, I meant six in number sixes. two. I'm maybe giving more grand than I need to. Uh, yeah, we could do that as well. But I'm so here, I here's would here's be... my here's my treaty of West Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Varus, Ziggs, Ash, Senna, Ezreal. Varus, Ziggs, Ash, Senna, Ezreal. Ash, Senna, Caitlyn, or Ash, Senna, Lucian. I don't think Ezreal's itchy. He's so much better than Caitlyn, though, and Caitlyn's good. Oh, like, you, okay. have, you have to understand that on my list, both Ezreal and Caitlyn are ahead of Varus, and I don't disagree with you one bit about how good Varus is. Okay, in my mind, Lucian definitely fits into the list, but 
Caitlin Ezra. He's, being his on arms are so short. He has, he has the culling. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> like once every 30 seconds. Once every team fight. Okay, but I could see Ezra or Caitlyn being on the list just depending on the numbers. I think it really comes down to that. And then that's something which I could not really answer you on because it would have to depend on feel as well for me. I think if so you I complete don't know Muramana yet. and Ezreal, he does more burst damage than any other character okay. on this list. So the big question about Ezreal is what timing do you hit your, your two item spikes on in Wild Rift? It's That's like, a, question, it's like right? a little rough. It's a little late. So what? Do you have to give up first dragon? Do you have to give up second dragon? If you have to give up first dragon to get your two item spikes, I, I could you, see it being fine. You have to trade first objective, but by second objective, you're ready to fight. Okay, if you're telling Especially me you can get... on five minute timers now. Okay, if you can get two objectives, or you can get two item powers by, by the second objective, then Ezreal can be good. But I feel like most good players should have Ezreal so oppressed that he does not get two items by, by second objective. If he gets two items by, by second objective, that's really strong. That's really early. I mean, that's... the halfway through a Wild Rift game. Yeah, but I feel like he should get it later. That's that's my opinion. That's my feeling is that he should get it later. I think Pro Ezreals will be ready to fight with Muramana complete, which is the big power spike. Obviously, he gets much more powerful uh, second item, but he gets much more powerful once he completes his Sheen item. Yeah, but once Muramana is complete, he already does more burst damage than Varus's piercing arrow on his arcane uh, bolt on his Mystic shot. You could um you could see some Ezreals go for Sheen early and try to match you on first objective, like Sheen before any tier item. Maybe. But um well, I'm I not exactly sure. I don't sure. think you want to do that, because then you need to be in auto attack range. And if you go Muramana, no, you just then fuck Sheen on, second you just objective, on your you're just better Varus. You just fuck Sheen on your Qs. Nah. I mean, I, I, this one, I think it really comes down to like the ins and outs of the champion. I think this is something which teams have to feel out. I'm not very I'm sure about. You. Okay, since you've done your research, I'll take your word for it. We could fit in Ezreal number five. We could do that. Yes! <laughs> but if Ezreal is shit and he's not playing, I do not claim any responsibility for that. Well, I like this to me, and this is why I'm like fighting against Lucian, even though I know Lucian is going to see play. I know people are going to play Lucian. I know Lucian is going to look good in games, but I feel like he is a pub stomp champion. I think he reflects the dominance of your team. And if you are playing against an enemy team and you let their Lucian start rolling you, you are going to lose that match no matter what happened. Fair. And that, to me, means that he's lower on my list of, like, champion impact. Of, like, does this champion win or lose you games? I think Lucian's kind of a kind of a wet sock. And he looks like he's doing a lot. He looks like he's doing he's, he's cleaning up because he's really good when you have control of a game. But every champion's good when you have control of a game. <laughs> <laughs> Ezreal's just... Or, or sorry... Lucian's just, like, got an accelerator. Lucian's just, like, really good at highlighting when there's a difference in team macro skill, especially. I do think Lucian allows you to really just dirty fight, though, which a lot of Asian teams like. Yeah, I think if you're playing Lucian and you're getting a ton of value from him, it's because during early fights you had other champions that were contributing as well. And if that is the case, I think you could be playing a lot of champions in the Lucian role. But Lucian does it best. That's the argument. Sure. But you're not winning through the Lucian, so he's lower on my mark you of do win like, through Lucian. top five impact. You do win through the Lucian. Okay, okay, we've we, we, we finished the list. I've conceded the point. Okay, so that that would be... You've won pretty meaningfully. <laughs> For the first time. This, I put my foot down Varys, today. This is Ziggs, Ash, Senna, Ezreal. That's, I mean, I feel and like these champions have that. to be on the list. 
I feel like Senna has to be on the list. Even though I'm not a Senna fan, I feel like objectively she should be on the list. I like I like her as a champion. I don't think I I think I think you drop Senna for Caitlyn Lucian. Uh, nah, uh, I, I like Caitlyn Lucian more, but I think Senna's just too unique in what she allows. So yeah, and you know, I I also don't think Ziggs really ought to be on this list anymore. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think Ziggs is just something which allows bad teams to play. I mean, bad Dragon Lane teams to play. Exactly. That's not a... Yeah, and that's a lot of teams. That's a lot of teams, TJ. But it's not going to be the best teams. The best teams and icons are going to be the ones that are playing Ezreal. I, I would my words. disagree with you because if you look at the WCS teams, I think literally every single WCS team does not play around their Dragon Laners, which might hurt them going to, uh, going to icons. Which will very likely hurt them going to icons because I think dragon laners are going to be very important. But I feel like all the WCS teams that we're sending because of the meta in the WCS partly and because of like how their team dynamic works, none of them play around their dragon laners. And that means we will see Ziggs, we will see Varus from WCS. Well, I don't think you're wrong, as always. I respect and agree with everything you've said. <laughs> I've just come up with a different result from the same numbers that we're looking at. Um, I always know it's hard fought. I think that's like the second most hard fought our power rankings have ever been. Yeah, actually. Um, let's talk about the report and thumbs up. That is, of course, our final segment. The LCS podcast has a section called Report and Honor. So we stole that, but here in Wild Rift, we report and then thumbs up. Thanks, Leonard. Do you have anything you would like to report? Okay, I'm reporting jet lag and flight timings and the world being the world having time zones. That's my report. Sure. Because when because we're playing in Asia, right? We're playing in Singapore. Uh Icons is gonna be playing in Singapore, it's gonna be playing in Asia. So the Asian teams are gonna have a leg up there, right? Of course, because you don't have jet lag, blah blah blah. So that means when every Western team gets completely destroyed at Icons, that's gonna be the usual excuse. They're gonna be like, oh jet lag, blah 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 blah. That's why I'm reporting jet lag, because now they have an excuse. I, I was talking to Rest a little bit after we recorded the interview. Um, and first of all, some of those flights that Western players are on are brutal. Some of those players are spending like 30 hours in the air. Especially the European ones who have like multiple connections. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah, that sounds brutal. Second of all, they're all arriving there a week ahead of time. That's good. That's great. So... Hopefully there will be enough time to shake off the jet lag. Third of all, if you look at the game schedule on WildRiftEsports.com, some of those games are like starting at 11 p.m. local time. That's really wild though, yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, it's a rolling schedule, I think. So presumably the games will go slightly quicker than that and they'll start at like 9, 10 p.m. local time. But of course, they have to do that also to have any chance of like the the Western teams being seen by Western audiences. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so if they want if they want the broadcast to be Western accessible, they have to do the same thing they did with MSI this year in Korea for League of Legends PC, which is start the games pretty late so that all the nice Americans can wake up and watch the final few. It's gamer hours anyway, so we're used to late games. That's fine. Speak for yourself, Leonard. I want to get to bed by seven. No. So seconding your report, I guess, but for apparently what? the wrong reasons for <laughs> the vibe that you have. My report is enchanter players, uh, especially those that build Luden's Echo, just play a tank. It's not hard. You don't you don't need to kill things, you just need to stand in front of me so I can auto attack them. That's it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to thumbs up? I can go first. You can go first. Uh, rest. Thank you very much for doing the interview with us, Rest. rest <laughs> uh, can, I, can I copy that? Sure. No, 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 you rest, say it. Here, man. I'll ask you the question again. You say it like you thought of it. You ready? <laughs> okay, go. Uh, and, and Leonard, do you have anything you want to thumbs up? Uh, yeah, I want a thumbs up to Rest. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for the interview, but thank oh. you for, for everything. I was I was gonna use rest for oh, my thumbs up. I stole it from can you. We, can we share it? Would that be okay? Of course we can. All right, you're you're really generous, Leonard. <laughs> I don't know how we ever disagree on anything. 
What can I say, man? I'm just an amazing guy. Top laugh. You know, I was thinking about it as we were earlier in this, and I was like, damn, I don't know. You know, this is going to be a pretty short episode. And then we argued about 80 carries for approximately one hour. Uh, <laughs> so that will be the end of episode 11. Next week is our eSports Super episode. We will be coming back. Uh, heading into Icons, it's now frightfully close. You can find all the information about it over at Wild Rift Esports. Com. You can find Omo over at Omo2 underscore 2 on Twitter. I am at EsportsTJ and at EsportsTJ.com. And if you would like any more information on anything we talked about during this show, you can find it over at podcast.esportstj.com. Leonard, give us the final word. <laughs> Thomas, your power rankings are wrong. <laughs>